glory. Another Joel's Bar Truck and Glory broadcast. How you doing? That was the drunkest worship time we've ever done. It really is Joel's Bar. But if you're going to call me Joel, make sure you call me Prophet Joel, just to be biblical. Amen. The reason why we call it Joel's Bar, for the last 11 years we've been calling it Joel's Bar, is because the prophet Joel in the Bible only prophesied about the new wine. And the only sin that he preached against was the sin of drinking alcohol. So if you have any sin in your life, alcohol, chewing tobacco, marijuanas, or anything else, make sure you get on the new wine and get that sin out of your brain. Amen. That's true. You got to have a sense of humor about it too, because this ain't religion. This is the glory of God. And religion will say, you can't do this and you can't do that. And then be like, I'm not listening to you, you hypocrite. I know that you do that too. You're not better than me. You know, especially with your family, because they know you. And they're just not listening to it. I, I remember when you were, you know, snorting cocaine in the bathroom at Wendy's, and now you're telling me about Jesus? Oh, like, I'm going to listen to you, you little hypocrite. And that's what you deal with with your family, because they knew you when you were bad. And now all of a sudden you're good. you got to prove yourself. And how long are you going to prove yourself? Until there's nothing left of you, and it's only Jesus Christ coming through you. Because once we know the truth, unless it's in the liquid love, it ain't going to change our family. Anybody learn that yet? Are you still learning that? They're not going to listen to you because they know you. Oh, well, that's not fair. Yeah, it is fair. They know you. <laughs> they don't want anything of your flesh because they've seen you. They've seen you in rebellion. And now you're in religion, and religion is equally sinful as rebellion is sinful because it's just all flesh. You just changed your brain. You know, you were addicted to alcohol and now you're addicted to the Bible. Oh, really? Cross addiction. Cross addiction. You know, psychosemantic. You know, all the stuff that they say in psychology. Yeah, because you have an addictive personality. And they'll always attribute it to the brain. And, you know, you got such a issue with your personality that it's not God it's just you you need a crutch because you are weak you know what that's true that is true because when we are weak he is strong I could care less than anyone thinks I got wrecked when I was 18 years old in Teen Challenge paralyzed for two and a half hours took four pastors hand and foot to carry me out of the downtown chapel of Minneapolis Minnesota Teen Challenge 18 years old, had just gotten court-ordered there, and I didn't believe in God at all. Super rebellious, strung out on drugs. God just whacked me, paralyzed me for two and a half hours, and I felt scales fall off my eyes. I felt an eggshell crack over my soul. I felt the glory of God, felt like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through me. All I was doing was sitting in chapel, and paralysis came on me. What it was, I understand now, the glory of God came on me. <laughs> and I was so sick and demented and sinful that the light of God upon my darkness caused me to be paralyzed. 
That's how sick I was when I was 18. Sick in my sins. Oh, hallelujah. But he had mercy, and he'll have mercy on you. The reason why he has examples of people that are such extreme cases is so that you know his mercies will save you just like it saved us, us apostles. Amen. God raises up extreme cases so you know he works for everyone, that there is grace for everyone. If that derelict, I mean, Apostle Paul, if that serial killer can be saved and then work in the glory of God, hello, anybody can. That's the point. It's the demonstration of the new covenant grace of the Lord Jesus. Of We limit how much grace we think God has given us. It's true. If God can save serial killers in Acts chapter 9, Right? Saul of Tarsus was a serial killer, like a Jeffrey Dahmer. Straight up facts, biblical. If he can save and transform murderous serial killers into mighty apostles, there is nothing in your life he can't heal. Amen? That's why he brings forth apostles demonstrations of what's available for every member of the body of Christ. Truth, anyhow. The most extreme men and extreme women that live in our society. Whoever's forgiven much, loves much. Luke 7, 47. And if you haven't forgiven much, yourself, you can't love much. Amen. It's all about how much grace you've received from God working in your spirit. Acts 20.32, we got to read it. This is the rhema word of God. You ready for this? I love the Passion Translation. And so now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of His grace, which is all that you need to become strong. What? All that you need, the message of grace. In the Amplified, it says the word of grace. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of His grace, which He provides as the spiritual inheritance given to all His holy ones. What you need to convince your brain of is that the word of grace is all you need. The issue why you're still struggling of, with anything in the natural dimension is because your brain is not convinced all you need is the word of grace in your spirit. But it's the truth anyhow. All you need, for I'm talking about an amazing life on earth, an amazing every day your mind is blown, the Zoe life, God's quality of life on earth. The only reason why Christians do not experience God's Zoe, kingly, royal quality of life on earth is because we don't think the Word is enough. We think we need to do stuff in the natural dimension. It's idolatry that cuts us off from grace. 100% of the time. Everything you are capable of doing in your soul cut off from your spirit where Christ lives is idolatry. And you're putting band-aids on it. You're trying to take care of yourself. That's submitting to the curse of the fall. 
You have to come to an end of yourself realizing you cannot take care of you. You need Jesus. You need a Savior. It's true. The faster you can come to an end of yourself, the younger you can find Jesus, the, the better the quality of life you'll have on earth. Don't wait until you're 75 years old to give your life to Jesus. Straight up facts. Come to an end today and you will live the highest quality of life possible. God will not take away any good thing from those who serve Him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. He has filled your spirit with riches in glory. You have to transform your mind to believe the word is true. And it's working mightily in your spirit. The word works. There are angels that obey all his words. <laughs> you cannot go beyond what is written because the kingdom of heaven does not go beyond what is written. Anytime you're outside of the written Logos word in your spirit, you're in the enemy's camp. <laughs> you're with Satan and his angels. You're in idolatry. You're in your ability instead of the Holy Spirit's ability. Unless the Holy Spirit builds your life, you're laboring in vain. It's true across the board for every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. Well, why do people go on forever and just not learn those lessons? Because there's an external grace from the cups that overflow. There are people that are experiencing external grace on a level that has never been on earth before. Because our cups overflow upon the wicked. Our grace overflows upon all brains on earth. Hello? Your cup overflows, Psalms 23. So what happens when your body overflows with the spirit of grace from the throne of grace? You're touching everyone's brain around you. Everyone's soul around you is getting influenced by grace. Where there's so much favor resting on the wicked that don't know Jesus, that don't know the Bible, that don't care about anything. They're just getting whacked on the grace that's overflowing through the sons and daughters of the living God. Hello? And then we get envious when we see the wicked prospering, when it's our grace that's being dripped upon their brains, causing them to have tremendous favor. Hallelujah. It's true. Jesus said that he causes his reign to fall on the just and the unjust. Yeah. Hallelujah. When your cup overflows, you begin to see people that don't deserve to be transformed, transformed before your eyes. And the Father will test your own mind and say, are you going to get jealous and envious of someone's breakthrough? Three weeks ago, a $5,000 check comes in the mail to Brandon. And it was for a different Brandon, not me, some other guy that lived here eight years ago that hasn't had this address in eight years. And God was testing me, are you going to get jealous? Not even a drop. I so enjoyed just giving that, sowing that $5,000 seed right into his heart in ecstatic joy. Even if he blows it on alcohol or cocaine, whatever. It's just seeing people's souls erupt with the goodness of God. Amen. Oh, well, that's not very loving. What, he's going to kill himself under? You got to get a grip, man. You got to get out of your brain. 
God causes his rain to fall on everyone's brain on earth, and it's the goodness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. I'm not advocating drugs. I'm advocating God's goodness upon people that don't deserve it. Grace. (laughs) I'm preaching the gospel. Listen, you'd say, well, these rebellious people, they need to be beat up. According to your demons, they need to get beat up. According to Satan in your heart, they need to be beat up. These people need God the Father's goodness poured on their brains. They need a demonstration of a perfect father that loves unconditionally because they've been lied to by idolaters from birth. They've been lied to by religious people serving the carnal mind, serving Satan and his angels in the flesh since the day they're born. You have never dealt with people on earth that have ever faced more sorcery and more confusion than the youth in the world right now. Amen? And you are to blame. Amen? If you're not in the new wine, you're the reason why they're so screwed up. Especially you religious parents. You're the reason why they're so screwed up. Don't kill yourself. Have a drink and die to self and live to Christ. Amen? Don't beat yourself up. Have a drink. The new wine slays the beast. Can you imagine children rebelling from the new wine? If we ever got into the actual gospel and real Christianity that Christ walked in, you would never have anyone rebel in the whole world. What are they going to rebel from? Fun? You're going to rebel from joy? You're going to rebel from riches and prosperity? You're going to rebel from streets of gold? You're going to rebel from the tree of life that gets you higher than methamphetamines? Get a life! Your only problem is that you're religious. It's true. And you think you're not, you think you're just obeying the Bible. You're obeying the Bible in your brain. You're a Pharisee. I'm not a Pharisee, I speak in tongues. Pharisees had all the gifts. I've never met bigger Pharisees than the Pharisees that have the gifts of the Spirit because they think there's something now that I got a gift that's irrevocable. Jesus said, You could depart from me, you worker of iniquity, you're doing your own thing, even though you drove out demons, even though you healed the sick, even though you prophesied and you performed signs and wonders. He says, You're still going to hell, even though you had all the gifts. What? Because we're still based on the outside realm instead of the inside realm. God sees the inside realm, God sees the spirit, God sees the heart. God loves you. Let Him slay your soul. Let Him slay you. It's His love that leads you to repentance. I have loved you with an everlasting love, and by my love I have drawn you to myself, says the Lord. It's that new wine dripping and dropping on people's brains that's saying, there is a higher way. I can go up. I can approach the throne of grace. I can have a better life. I don't have to settle for living in a cardboard box, dumpster diving for food. Amen. Amen. I don't have to settle for Section 8 housing and food stamps. I can go up, 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 up. I don't need to live in condemned houses. I don't have to settle for a crack house in the ghetto. I can keep going from glory to glory. I can do whatever the Spirit of glory leads me to do, always triumphing by the leadership of Christ in me, the river of life. All I got to do is give Him my brain. Stop being in control of your own life and disconnect your brain from your flesh. Connect your brain to your spirit where God only is. God is only working in your spirit. 
And the only way you'll recognize them is by putting the Bible in your belly. Putting the prophetic word in your belly. The greatest thing about the Passion Translation, it's already mixed with the Spirit. Amen? So, it's already in revelatory form. Now all you got to do is listen to it and put it in your spirit and get strong. And then your spirit gets brighter and burns hotter and it burns up your brain and you realize, I am a fireball and I am not this brain. I am not this flesh. This is the flesh. My skull is the flesh he died for on the cross. Amen. This is your connection to the natural dimension. This is not who you are. You are not a brain. That is the curse of the fall. That's what Satan and his angels want you to think. That you are a brain that has a body. That's living as an animal and trampling the blood sacrifice underfoot. You are a fireball. Every single human being on earth is a spirit. And revelation illuminates your spirit and convinces your brain of who you are. Amen. That's the great awakening. The spiritual awakening of everyone's souls realizing that they are spirits. Because God is only the father of spirits. Never the father of brains. Satan is the father of brains. Feeding the brain is eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that Adam ate from and died. Truth, anyhow. Amen. Glory. <laughs> so all you got to do is feed your spirit to overtake your brain. And it's not hard. It's actually fun. It's called feasting. Prodigal sons, Luke 15. Younger ones, older one, older ones, religious. God prescribed the exact same thing for both of them. Kill the beast and feast. Kill the beast and feast. What's the beast? The brain. You got a religious brain? Got a good brain. I'm a good brain. No, it's still flesh. Counts for nothing. A rebellious brain. Oh, a rebellious. You're a bad brain. So we got knowledge of good, knowledge of evil, and it's all flesh. It's called Satan and his angels. It's sorcery. It's the curse of the fall. God says, just feast and it will slay the beast. Kill the goat for the religious one, which is pride, that you're good in your own eyes. Kill the calf for the rebellious one, which is lust and rebellion because you're bad in your own eyes. You're going to be bad in your own eyes or good in your own eyes. It's the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil in your brain. Hello? That's the curse of the fall. Kill them both. Kill religion. Kill the white magic. Kill rebellion. Kill the calf. Kill the black magic. Destroy Janies and Jambres. Every lying magic spell upon your brain. Every word curse on your brain. All of it burns when you start feasting on his sacrifice called the table of the Lord his flesh and his blood his glory his word and his spirit his flesh and his blood is his word and his spirit amen the bread and wine of Melchizedek the new covenant and you feast into your spirit until your spirit is so strong in the word and all that word is inside your spirit I will write my words upon their spirit amen heart means spirit it does. He's not writing his words upon your flesh. He's writing his words upon your spirit so your spirit can be separated from your flesh because the word of God separates soul from spirit. Hebrews 4.12 Your only problem is you're not holy because your spirit's not separated from your body. To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of God. You want the intoxicating presence of God. Stop being fleshly and carnal and earthly and unspiritual and demonic. Amen. How? 
by eating the word into your spirit, which separates your spirit from your body, separates flesh from spirit, separates soul from spirit. So your spirit takes over control of your soul and your body, which is called original design. Original design. How Adam and Eve were created to live. God is spirit. So obviously spirit's primary. And secondary is the soul. And lastly, which counts for nothing, is your connection to the natural realm called your brain. But when you're cursed, your brain is the most important thing because you're living in the natural dimension. That's what it means to be living in the curse of the fall, living in the delusionary realm, that you're something in the flesh. There's something here in the natural realm, and we've Babylon the Great with the fallen angels and the sorcerers have built up Disneyland and every city in the world, and it's like everyone's just completely deceived, living a natural life, while their spirits dormant forfeit to fallen angels living inside their bodies. Truth anyhow. Living inside the stolen inheritance of the human beings on earth. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. And the heavens of the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth He's given to the sons of men. So that if the sons of men forfeit their birthright to the fallen angels, you'll live in the delusionary realm, and they'll steal your birthright and Lord in the heavens. It's called the angelic sphere. And we're taking the angelic sphere because we're getting our birthright back by valuing our spirit more highly than our flesh, by eating the word and energizing our spirit to be stronger than the world, which is the brain. All that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, which is the beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon, are all bound at the place of the skull by his blood sacrifice. Meaning, anyone who comes to Jesus with their soul as a living sacrifice has completely died to everything that's in the universe and has overcome the world by believing in Jesus Christ. Because your spirit is greater than the natural dimension. All you need to do is renew your mind to believe that biblical truth. You'll experience it, and then you begin to see by His seven eyes, which are the Holy Spirit. Because the seven eyes slay your natural eyes. Amen? You're not going to see by natural vision. Jesus Christ, Isaiah chapter 11, He shall not judge by what He sees, neither by what He hears, but by the Spirit, and He'll see the hearts. He's, the Bible says that Jesus saw and knew what was in the hearts of all men. He knew what was in their spirit. I was seeing visions today of the living waters coming out of the throne of God and the Lamb out of my soul and washing everyone's heads. These are stones that become living stones in the rivers of the waters of life. We sacrifice everything every day for the throne of God and the Lamb to rise in our spirit to take over everything internally, the resurrection and the life, out from among the dead, even while in the body. Philippians 3.11 So that the throne of God and the Lamb, which is the name of the Father and the name of the Son, written on our foreheads for the release of all the river of life to wash everyone's stones by the chief and cornerstone. Because the water came from the rock and they drank from the rock of Christ. And the living water comes out of the chief cornerstone. That's how we have access to all the living waters of the third heaven through our spirit and then out our souls, out our brains. And then our brains wash everyone else's brains and they become living stones. Amen. And you see the living waters begin to wash everyone's souls region-wide as you get these revelations, as you begin to walk in these revelations and they become impartations and they become manifestations. And then you live in the glory of God, region-wide. 
Everyone's brain is getting washed. We believe in brainwashing. Amen. It's called the washing of the water of the word. If your brain's not washed in Revelation 22 verse 1, the throne of God and the Lamb in the river, that's crystal clear and sparkling, wouldn't you want your brain washed? Don't you want to be brainwashed with the river of life that's crystal clear and sparkling with the new life of the Lamb on the throne? You know, people think brainwash is bad, but the Bible speaks of brainwash continuously because you're either going to be washed in the words of Jesus or you're going to be washed in the words of Satan and his angels. And that's what's wrong with nearly everyone in the world. they got Satan and his angels' words in their brains, and then they're a bunch of hypocrites saying, don't get into that Holy Ghost stuff. You get into the brainwash. My God. You get into the glory. You get into the living word and come out of the dead letter. You get out of Satan into Jesus. You get out of the tree of knowledge into the tree of life. You get out of the flesh into the spirit. You get out of a bondage to addiction, and you get into freedom and abundant life. You get into the anointing of the Holy Ghost and to everyone who's born again from the throne of God and the Lamb's book of life, He has given His anointing without measure. The problem is, is it's not an external anointing. He's not sending an angel down every day to pour it on your brain. He sent Jesus into your heart so that from the throne of the Lamb, fresh oil could bubble up from your belly and wash your brain from within. The reason why we cut ourselves off from Christ in our own spirit is because we get into idolatry by the fallen angel bewitchment that locks our souls into the natural realm so that we're cut off from Christ in our own spirit. It's Galatians 3.1, bewitchment. It's the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great that deceives all nations, all Christians. It's talking about how the Christians get cut off from, the, from Christ in them, and they never see the glory. They never know the source of the anointing. And they stay immature Christians, struggling, having a hard time, always needing help, never can be a blessing, always poor, always needy, always messed up, screwed up all the time. And it's not even that they're missionaries and they're apostles and prophets. It's just they're like barely making it, trying to do everything they can. I'm not talking about persecution and getting beat up like the Apostle Paul 13 times in the book of Acts for righteousness because he's turned the world upside down. I'm talking about infants in Christ that can't get into step, baby one step into righteousness because they're so cut off from their own spirit and they're malnourished in their spirit and they haven't learned to feast yet on the solid meat of the word. Amen. And you need your faith authored and perfected. Glory. You're not going to get far without great faith. Amen? And you need to listen to people that have great faith. Glory. I listen to tribes from all over the planet. Only the people that are walking in the most glory, though. I don't have time for anything else. Because that's the only really thing you have reward for in heaven, is how much the Father of glory has been formed in your inner man. Anyone that's outward, outside Christian, or God outside-minded, or anyone who's got all of the stuff on the outside but none of it on the inside is a false teacher, false prophet, false pastor 100% of the time. The only ones that even know God are the ones that know Him on the inside. Because God is nowhere else. After you ask Jesus in your heart, you're not allowed to know Him externally. That's actually practicing witchcraft. What are you serving? I mean, it's like you ask Jesus in your heart and then He's in space. But the kingdom of heaven's in your heart. 
Luke 17, 21. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here staring up into the clouds? This same Jesus will come through you before he comes to you. Acts chapter 1, the angels are rebuking them for looking at an external Jesus because that's the main deception of Satan and his angels in the New Covenant is they would not realize that the meaning of the cross was for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit to take up full residency in his power, authority, wisdom, and might inside your own spirit so you could 1 Corinthians chapter 6 become the temples of the Holy Ghost the Ezekiel 47 releasers of the river of life to wash everyone's brains in living waters which completely transforms all society and we're so religious that we're not even in the river and we could barely tolerate drinking it's like a side dish but the Bible calls it the cup of the new covenant it's drinking the divine love why did he save the best wine for last? Because we resisted him for so long. It's actually been just stored up aging until we finally get over religion and learn how to get into the new covenant. It's called the new covenant. It's the cup of his wine, the cup of his blood. His blood is the glory of God. He's transfigured. So you're not drinking human blood. If it's human blood, there's no salvation. Woman, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. Amen? He said, don't defile my blood. I'm going to pour it out on the literal altar in the third heaven before my Father's throne, and I'm a transfigure, and now anyone who calls upon my name will have my glory surging through their bodies. That's the new covenant. You get a new bloodline. You get connected to the royal family of the third heaven. You become a member in particular of the body of the King of kings and Lord of lords. A royal priesthood and a holy nation. You are the divine offspring. You are the sons and daughters of God. And Satan's got us so beat up that we're living in cardboard boxes and dumpster diving for scraps. I mean, literally, millions. Millions. Why? Because that's how the fallen angels work, is by stealing the inheritance of God's royal sons and daughters. So how do you get back what he stole from you? That's the main thing everyone here needs. Even if you're doing okay, trust me, get more and help others that are weaker. Hallelujah. This is how you do it. You feast. You feast all day long in the Word. Oh, I can't do that. I work. Well, you can practice His presence while you work. I'd be working eight tables for three years in Bible college, serving tables in restaurants, Downtown Old Spaghetti Factory, they give me eight tables. I'd just be praying in tongues all night long. The most effective worker they had, they gave me the most tables. I had the most tips, making $250 a night serving tables, learning how to communicate with all nations. So a lot of you need those lessons. Most of you aren't even supposed to be in ministry that are in ministry because you're so immature in Christ. Go back into the marketplace and get refined. Plus, you have more fun anyway. Wisdom. And then you won't be crying about money all the time. <laughs> Amen. And then you learn how to actually communicate too and get all the weird religion out of you and never be frustrated again. A lot of people are premature because they get excited because there is a calling on your life into ministry, but you need years and years of refinement. God did not launch me into full-time ministry until I'd gone through 22 months in Teen Challenge, graduated, been an intern, five years in Bible college, and I'd already learned about righteousness and was walking in righteousness, in miracles, signs, and wonders, and dependency on Christ in me, and then the drunken glory, and having so much wine. There's no way we could have been successful with the persecution we've endured. I mean, we've lost 
hundreds of people along the way, even thousands along the way. You have to be fortified with God the Father himself on the inside in order to make it in full-time ministry. Because the enemy come around and just destroy you and everyone that follows you and everyone you know. And then you just another exposure of a hypocrite. You know, we've seen it thousands of times. Oh, another pastor gets exposed and another preacher or televangelist falls and young ones fall, old ones fall. It doesn't matter. If the Father is not formed in you, if the Word of Grace has not built you up to walk in the highway of holiness, you will fall. And you'll fall publicly and it will be ugly. We've seen it thousands of times. The issue is resurrect internally so you're in a place that's fortified in holiness, built up in the Word of Grace, having many men and women around you that walk this walk with you so there's nowhere to fall and you're just always getting built up, always encouraged. We have a community. It takes tribes. It takes nations. It takes the whole body. It's going to be a billion people strong. Amen. It's a nation, a holy nation. It takes the holy nation of Israel, spiritual Israel, the Christian race, to restore this universe. No one can do it individually. You'd be a lone ranger. You'd be living in the cave like Elijah. If, if you got the power and the spirit of Elijah, you are every single day messing with everybody's soul. Just waking them up, shaking them, throwing water on them, throwing wine on them, throwing fire on them, stirring them up. Even if you got to offend them, anything to wake them up from sleeping in the death of complacency. Amen? Anything to wake them up. That's the love of Elijah. That's the love of the spirit of prophecy. That's the love of the prophet Jesus. Jesus is the great prophet. Now, he's an apostle too, and he's a teacher, he's an evangelist, and he's a pastor. He's the fivefold, and he's a king, and he's a judge. He's everything. Jesus is God. <laughs> But he teaches us how to be perfect in the prophetic, perfect in the apostolic, perfect in love in the pastoral, gentle and kind to the sheep and sometimes breaking their legs and carrying them on your shoulder. Hallelujah. How to be an evangelist, how to be bold with the lost and communicate to people the gospel. Every day we learn from Jesus. Christ is our teacher. Amen. And he's teaching us in the anointing. And it's fun because your spirit's always getting richer and richer and richer. And there's no sorrows added unto it. When you're learning from Christ, the anointed one, your spirit is always getting enriched. Amen. There is so much mixture of religion and poverty in people's gospel. And it's so unholy. It's actually the spirit of Antichrist working in people's lives. What is the spirit of Antichrist? The spirit that denies that Jesus came in the flesh. Whose flesh? Your flesh. It's the spirit that says, Christ, after you asked him in, he's not in there. He's out there. Lift your hands to heaven. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Oh, truth anyhow. And then that's why as soon as they leave the service, it's a fading glory because they didn't build on the solid rock. They served an external Jesus. Most people do it in ignorance. Some do it, do it with knowledge. The ones that do it with knowledge are warlocks the ones who do ignorance or just immature Christians? And you got a lot of both. Hallelujah. You need to know Jesus inside your own spirit. You need to have your head anchored to the rock and drinking from the rock that is Christ. And you need to drink so much that His throne rises in you and it rises in you as you depend on Him and not yourself. Amen? And He'll have you do all kinds of stuff to grow in the glory, especially in humility and with a servant heart and servant leadership. 
Don't just think it's going to be so easy. Don't, it will be easy if you're very submissive to him, if you're very cooperative and obedient, but those people don't exist. I've never seen it. I've never heard of it. There's nobody that's walked even close to perfect after they're born again. Not a single one in the Bible, not a single one in the world. He is so patient with us so we can be patient with others. Be patient with yourself. A lot of you need to hear that. Be patient with yourself. If Jesus loves you, why don't you love you? You need to love you too. Jesus loves you and he knows everything about you. And he still likes you. He doesn't just love you, he likes you. He likes being with you. Amen? He loves you. And as you're with him, and as you can receive his glory into your heart, his word into your heart, your souls get glorified. And your whole life transforms as your brain repents to agree with the spirit of truth and the river of glory. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's Sunday. And the Bible says in the Passion Translation that the Sunday is the day that you give offerings. Go around and collect all the offerings and give them on Sunday in the Passion Translation. We shared that scripture all over the internet today. So if you want to give because today's Sunday, go ahead, donate, redletterman.com. Thank you so much to our partners. We love you. We sincerely, I pray for you all the time, and I don't say it enough. Thank you for being a part of this ministry, and thank you for all that we're able to do together, and we're literally building the kingdom together. Your financial support with this ministry is changing the world, and it really is, even if people don't admit it, very much the leadership of Christianity. People are watching all over the place, and they're gleaning to the measure that they can receive. You're participating with the second coming of Christ and the building of the kingdom of heaven throughout all nations when you partner with Red Letter Ministries. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you guys. We bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.